Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. And I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related, curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you wanna hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. Hey friends, before we jump in today's episode, I just wanted to remind you that it is a live recording of Sarah Nursewick and I's virtual coffee that we have been hosting. So please just keep in mind that there might be a few um, pauses, a few moments of silence, and really that's just time that our amazing community of agriculture educators uh, are thinking and trying to provide um, feedback for one another and support for one another. Thanks for joining in and listening, and without further ado, I will let you listen to Virtual Coffee. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Happy Monday. The end of April, if you didn't know. <laughs> it's a good reminder. <laughs> I forget a lot what day of the week it is. I was on the phone with somebody earlier and they were like, is it Thursday? And I'm like, no, it's Monday, but I'll try. All right, so happy to see you guys. I'm really excited about today's topics. I have my note sheet ready. And somebody mentioned last week on the stop, start, continue. I promise Hannah and I go through that stop, start, and continue and make changes. So I'm going to be trying to, to grab all of your links that you put um, of all your awesome resources or websites or ideas and put it on a Google Doc that will be shared out when we share out all the stuff. So you guys can find all the links in one place. And hopefully that will help ease the process of finding these resources later. All right, should we get going? Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here for yet another week. We here in Minnesota are still waiting for our governor to let us know if we're going to go back to school or not. I'm thinking that's a big fat no, but um, I know a lot of you, have, it's already been called and all that. So we are here through, or through the rest of the school year, my assumption is. <laughs> Um, and we're just so happy that you guys keep coming back every every week. Um, so we're going to start off with our state roll call. Just go ahead and in the um, chat, you can type your state. And then if you want to go ahead, if you haven't shared your Instagram handle yet, you can go ahead and do that as well. So we got Virginia, Washington, Illinois, Georgia, go dogs, um, Colorado, North Dakota, North Carolina. Now you guys are going fast. <laughs> New York, Tennessee, Colorado. Um, Georgia, uh, Wisconsin, Washington. I know there's some Minnesota people here. I see some friendly faces. Oklahoma, New York, California, Arkansas, um, Pennsylvania. Let's see. see. A lot of good ones. Do you guys ever wonder when you say certain states' names, if you're saying it how the people from that state would say it? I, I know that Oregon, like Oregon, is that better? 
Yeah. Okay. Oregon. <laughs> and there's some other ones, but I always like when I'm reading all these off, I always, I always wonder if I'm saying them correctly or not. Well, thanks you guys for joining us. Um, I'm going to throw it on over to Sarah. All right, guys, for your activity that you can try out with your classes, I got some people's feedback of things they've tried. But one thing that can kind of make Zoom calls or Google Meet calls more exciting is having props with you. So my good friend, Anna and Elena of Avalor are going to introduce our next topic. Uh, so today we're gonna do Disney trivia. Just a few Disney trivia questions. You can type your answer in the chat, but another way, if you have a smaller group of people, you could have post-it notes, or whatever, and as they were done, they could hold up their piece of paper. So, question number one. Which is the only Disney princess who was not royalty? Oh, look at that. We see conflicting things. Mulan was the answer I found online, but Belle, she wasn't. Pocahontas, I think she was. Tatiana. Oh, she wasn't royal either. See this website. I'm checking its validity right now in person. Um, we found that you can't, not everything on the internet is true. So there are good job people for finding multiple questions. All right. Well, in 1929, Mickey said his first words. What were they? Good, good guess, Anna. Oh boy. No. Was that good? <laughs> um, hi, everyone. No. Um, well, I, he sings a song about it if you have young children. Oh, I, I see some eyes. Hot dog. He did not say it's Southern. Sorry, I'm from Georgia. He said hot dogs um, was his first word on camera. And then um, the last movie that Walt Disney worked on before he passed away. What was it? Any guesses? I love all the question marks. We're like, we don't know, we're just guessing. Lion King, Cinderella, Little Mermaid, no. Aladdin, no. Nope, nope, nope. It's, it's almost like, uh, it's, it's not, not a common one. Maybe it is common. I just don't think about it a lot. It has a lot of animals in it. And it's not Lion King, not Tarzan, not Robin Hood. Jungle Book, Laura got it. It was the Jungle Book. That was the last one he worked on. So another way to um, bring some lightheartedness to your, your calls, bringing your some props and having some regular trivia. Love Harry Potter too, almost brought it, but I'll bring it maybe next time. Um, and something I read earlier today, I just wanted to point it out to you because of one of the questions we're gonna talk about, um, if I can find it in my book. I'm currently reading Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, um, which has been great. But statistically speaking, people remember 10% of what you said, it's backwards, so I'm testing you guys, 30% of how you said it, the tone, and then 60% of your body language, okay? 10% of what you actually said out of your mouth. 30% is your tone, and 60% is your body language. So um, just a tip 
for you guys, if you're recording yourself this week or if you're in a live call, what I'm going to challenge myself to do is actually stand up when I'm talking because that's what I do in my classroom right now. Now I'm sitting down, but I'm definitely going to be more, you know, I'll show off my body language about how I'm really missing them, how um, maybe I'm teaching them something or learning about something that being able to show them body language will help portray what I'm talking to them about even better than what I'm saying and even the tone of voice. So just keep that in mind as you guys are recording this week or if you're going on live calls. All right. I just read it this morning and I was like, I have to share um, today. Okay. Um, so we are going to jump into our questions for the week. Um, I'm not sure if our people are on yet. So let me see. Cassidy. Cassidy is here. Okay, Cassidy is our first Spotlight teacher, and if you can unmute yourself and chat with us, go ahead. So uh, I, this is my first year of teaching, um, and it's been a really weird one, um, that's for sure. Um, so I finished my student teaching last spring, um, got a job in a new state um, where my fiance was living, and ended up teaching middle school um, after I had been student teaching with a high school program. And I've really, really loved it, um, but there are two different high school ag positions open up in, um, in my district, and I have applied for both of them, and I have an interview um, with one of them tomorrow. And I just kinda wanna know, um, like I've been, I've done most of my like learning uh, this year in a middle school program, and I just want to see um, if anyone has any tips on like moving to a high school program, what my classroom management looks like, um, and how I should change, how I'm actually teaching, um, you know, are there any st strategies or, or tips from anybody? Just to clarify, you're looking for once you get the job advice or advice for your interview today? Um, I, I think probably like once I get the job, like if I were to move from a middle school program, what tips do you have for me, like starting in the classroom in a high school classroom? Awesome. All right, high school teachers, let's hear it. Or if anybody's gone from middle school to high school. That would be great. I've never taught middle school before. Okay, in the chat we have always remember your audience, which is which is great. Um, I did a video on this for Germinate on getting started. Awesome, Ryan, is that your um, Germinate session this this time around? The last one. Okay, so on the winter edition, um, Ryan has one for you. I think, <laughs> so I, I teach middle school now, but I student taught with high school. So like, I'm not going from middle school to high school. I, I went the other way. But I think like the biggest thing is remember your audience. Um, middle schoolers are way different than high schoolers. Um, and I learned like, with high schoolers, you can be, like you set your expectations, but you can be a little bit more relaxed where like my middle schoolers, I'm like up all the time. I'm kind of like spoon feeding them the expectations a little bit, but like with high school, like you make them own whatever your expectations are. 
Um, and I think like be real and honest with them. And like, if something, you know, if you're like being weird and like, you think you're being fun and weird with them and they're like, uh, what are you doing? Like own it and be like, no guys, like this is a learning process and we can make it fun. It doesn't have to be like business all the time. Definitely a great point. On the, um, the chat, we have connect with your audience and have a high expectations. Um, and something to think about, like freshmen are a lot different than seniors. The way I teach my seniors is 10 billion times different than I teach my freshmen because they get to that point after having me for four years. Um, and uh, I think it was Ryan said it took four years to figure out how it works. I always tell my student teachers and anybody, it takes three years for a program to be yours. It, that's just that's just the time like you'll maybe you'll have connections with the freshmen next year or the seniors next year and it just takes some time so give yourself grace through the whole process and it's always about figuring out what works and then reevaluating like you're going to pivot till you find the right path that works with them and that's okay it's okay to have flops it's okay to to have failures and that that's just sending you on the right direction um, make a connection in the beginning. Ryan said, did they investigate the teacher activity instead of doing rules? That's a great first day activity um, with your kids just so they get to know you, especially if you're going into a program that's that's established. Maybe they're, I got the, you're not Miss Gray. You're not Mr. Schmidt. Like I, I still remember those days. Um, so getting them to know you and buy into you, it's, it's really a selling point. You're selling yourself to to those kids and selling ag and you're selling FFA the whole time. So, um, oh, and people had some great points. Oh, thank you, Paige. My daughter brought me my prop. I was really going to wear these, but we'll just keep on them. Um, knowing the office staff, knowing the custodians, knowing your bookkeeper. I'm sure you do that at your school. Um, sometimes at the high school level, it's even more like we love the lunch ladies because they give us ice from their ice maker. So we don't have to go buy it all the time. So like random things you wouldn't think of. Um, hold your expectations, but understand that your kids will very often not have the background you think of of the world. You know, they're different. Um, don't underestimate them. Set clear guidelines. It's okay if your program looks different for sure. Capitalize on your strengths. Man, there is some good stuff in this chat happening. Um, remember that they're all kids and they all need love. I mean, again, relationship over rigor, build those relationships. One of my favorite things to do with my kids is, you know, find out like what kind of t-shirts they're wearing. Are they wearing a soccer t-shirt? Are they wearing like the Atlanta Falcons? And we're like, have you been to an Atlanta Falcons game? They're like, yeah. Like, well, who's your favorite player? You know, like just building that rapport with them. Kids want to be valued. All of them do really. All of them do. Um, but Picking up on those little things, they'll be like, you asked me about my track meet. I still have a girl. She quit my class because she didn't like ag. But every time I see her in the hallway, she gives me a hug. Because I cared, you know? So really great stuff. Every day is a new day. Don't let one bad class period affect your opinion for sure. Be you. Um, Google Forms questionnaire first week for them to figure out about them. Um, parents' jobs, favorite activities. Lots of... This is great. Anybody starting the new year is going to be different. You know, it's going to be a, you know, we need to remind ourselves we are going to have new kids in August one way or another. Um, so just a great reminder. Anybody else have things they want to say rather than just write in the chat?
So I'm actually making the opposite switch this year. So I'm going from teaching middle and high school um, to just middle school next year, uh, most likely. And so I just feel like the biggest difference between middle and high schoolers is their energy level in a lot of classes. And my kids will know um, that they follow a middle school class. Like if I have high schoolers eighth period and my middle schoolers were seventh period, because they can tell my personality um, changes a lot with that because of the energy level. So just remember that that's a big change from middle to high school. And I feel like that's challenging when you have them together or when you're switching from one to the other each year. Great advice, for sure. All right, again, lots of great stuff in the chat. The chat will be saved and put onto the um, digital learning resources site. Um, so you guys can go back through if you need to. Anybody else have anything to add for Cassidy? Well, you have 60 ag teachers pulling for you, Cassidy, and wishing you the best. So if you have any other questions, reach out to any of them or us, and we'd love to chat with you, I'm sure. Um, okay, we're gonna move on to question two, which is we're flipping a little bit. And I don't know if this person is here. I only know them by their Instagram handle, which is J and S House. I tried to stalk, but it didn't work um, to find their real name. Um, they said that they had a meeting. So, but their question was about end of course tests. And if anybody has addressed that issue, come up with a creative solution. Um, so if you have gotten to that point or you've gotten direction from your um, uh, administration or whatever about that, are you staying the path of end of course tests? Like the, like the way it was before we left or what's happening? Sarah, do we know if they're expected to give the test? Or are they just looking for what other people are having to do? I think they're just looking for what other people are doing because they're in the process of trying to figure out what to do next. So for my dual credit, uh, dual credit classes are being expected to take their finals. Um, however, um, in order to um, be equitable between my students that are getting packets, it'll be like no test I've ever given before because they'll actually have a week to do it uh, because we can't send a paper packet home with one student for a week and then only allow 90 minutes for the kids that are online. Uh, but when I thought about that, and so we're giving an assessment in April and an assessment in May. Again, no academic harm can come to those students. So whether or not a student chooses to take a general ed assessment versus my dual credit kids. Um, but the way that I've explained it to my students is that this is only meant to help them just like any other assignment. And so if they really want to test and challenge themselves, I, I absolutely condone and want them to do that. But at the end of the day, from an academic integrity standpoint, um, there have been teachers in our building that are really worried about that. And so they're setting up these programs that are like recording the students, like the webcam goes while they're taking it. Um, that's not for me. And uh, I want students to lay their head on their pillow at night feeling good about what they learned and what they did. And um, we have to go to bed with the choices that we made. So 
uh, I would only be giving an assessment if you're being expected to do so. Uh, and that's my personal opinion. You got a lot of head nods during that. Um, so for sure, um, most people are saying that their assessments have been canceled. And I think it all goes back to equity too. Like it's really hard, like you said, packets or digitally. And then even if you are all digital or all are, all are on packets, there's no way to assess like we do in a classroom. There's no way to watch. There's no way to make sure people aren't cheating or anything like that. So if we go back to what our why is, like you said, like what's our why for them to learn, to, for them to grow, to develop premier leadership, personal growth and career success? Is it multiple choice question test gonna do that for us? You know, what are other ways that you could, could evaluate them? Maybe it's just focusing on their SAEs. For my SAE presentations, they're just doing it through Flipgrid, you know? And that, that's, that's all we can do at this point because I have over 90 kids in that class, you know? like. There's, there's no way, right, um, for me to do 20-minute presentations with each of them. So um, ICEV has its own assessments. We do not have to have required. Um, yeah, and assessments can be, you know, I mean, I guess it's end of course. It really depends on your administration and what they tell you. We were just having a meeting about this this morning, about final exams, and all the teachers are like, no, no. But we'll see if we get our way. Anybody else have ideas? I always go to project-based if you have to. In this type of situation, I would 100% go project-based um, if I was required to do a final exam. Um, rather, have them turn in a poster, have them turn in a video of themselves, have them turn in a brochure, a shoebox project, a podcast, any of the things that they can do on their own at home. Um, Oh, create your own quiz activity. That's a great idea. Students write questions, and if they understand it, they'll write good quality questions. Um, research papers, for sure. Agri-science fair is a great idea, even if you do a mini one, like cooking, um, you know, or germination, something like that. Uh, that could be quick and easy, and if you have packet pickups, you could send them home with plastic baggies and paper towels and seeds and stuff just to see. Um, open notes, yeah. I mean, if we can't say they're not going to cheat, give them open notes. Yeah, I agree with all of you guys on here, um, but I guess it ends up, what does your administration say? And then figuring out and having those conversations with your administration saying, how can I be equitable? You know, how can I assess them and, and know that they're doing the right things? And then saying, well, my idea is this and advocating for your idea. Um, and then hopefully you can get that done. Um, podcasts, have students highlight. One of the last assignments I always do at the end of my school year is an evaluation on me and the class. Um, one thing I found out last year is my, one of, a lot of my kids hated one of my assignments and it was a theme and I was like, okay, we're not doing it anymore. But I had no idea. I love that assignment, but it's because I'm putting my own narrative on that. So that, that's a great idea. I can, I'll have to find it, but I can probably share it somehow. Um, but yeah, they have to do their top 10 activities, top five greatest activities or top five least favorite activities of the school year. And then they kind of like evaluate why and tell me why they liked them and why they didn't. And that helps me in the long run um, because they're telling me what they like and what they don't like. And then I can make myself a better teacher. Show and tell presentations during online meets. I love that idea, Ginger. I have not done that yet. Um, that's great. 
Anybody else have anything for end of course testing, finals? like more reflective pieces are more beneficial you know like you said like top 10 or you know like top five bottom five whatever it might be but um i like like giving course evaluations and things at the end of the year so i would rather know like what students liked and what students didn't like um and what they remember from the class because ultimately like we can teach and we can give finals but are those kids really going to remember those like true false multiple choice questions you know a few months later after the summer in august when they come back Probably not. If it's a big picture, big idea thing, then for sure. Um, but I think for them to be more self-reflective, like what have you learned in this class and how are you going to use it later in your life? Or what are, you know, big takeaway things that you have gained? And then for me as a teacher, that kind of tells me like, okay, like these are the things they think that they're going to use. And then next year I can use that to my benefit. So I think more reflective kind of things, making them think about what did they learn and how they can use it is more beneficial um if that's an option for your school but i have used your thing before sarah and i just like wrote it in my notes and put it in my lesson plan for the last week of school to be like yep that's how i'm going to end the semester um because i do think that that's important and it'll kind of help refresh their memory too and maybe even bring back some good memories of what we did during the school year um, and kind of end the year on a high note or a positive note i guess that's great jessica i 100 percent agree reflective activities help them internalize it a little bit more than a multiple choice test. Um, Ginger said she's doing online job interviews with students who are finishing and graduating. That is such a great idea for your seniors. I mean, so practical, um, and it's actually going to help them in the long run, you know? Um, giving choice boards is a great idea too. Um, going back to like, what do kids have um, access to um, doing, three of them and then turning in out of the nine. I love that. Um, Joe said he's doing, using some of the, the CDE rubrics to do a top 10 things to know about the class blog, which is great. And you can do a lot of blogs free, like Google Sites is free and Weebly and lots of other things are free that you can use online. All right. Thank you. These are such great ideas that I hadn't even thought about. And now I'm like, woo, got some plans. All right, Hannah. Moving on. Yes, this is awesome. I had one week left to plan through the end of the school year, and I'm going to put in that reflection and some of those things. So, okay. Um, the next person that I have is Laura, and I know she's here. Um, and I will let her explain, but it sounds like their district is not allowing live um, connection like we are doing. So, she, I'll let her explain. Go ahead, Laura. <laughs> Cool. Thanks, Hannah. Um, so I'm a student teacher right now, which adds another layer of complexity um, to things. But um, my district um, has not allowed live meetings because there's too much liability with video and that component. And I'm just feeling really disconnected from students. And I feel like all I'm doing is grading things, which is like the least fun part about teaching. Um, so I was wondering if anybody has some tips of like how to connect with students and just make those real connections and keep fostering those even without video capabilities. Looks like Amy wrote um, handwriting them letters or cards. Um, Nikki has a question, are they able to video themselves? 
themselves or are you able to do like non-live videos like screencastify or things like that yeah so we could do like recorded things but nothing live um or individual either another question can you use instagram or any um like social media that hasn't been specified but it's definitely something to look into uh, so we have some others, um, Flipgrid, if that's allowed, which is great, and you can see like that video type um, connection, handwritten cards, you can get 200 for $17 on Amazon, crazy Amazon during this time. <laughs> um, can you do like a live chat via, via Google Classroom or Google Chat? So, like not live video, but live chat? Yeah, we've been using Schoology, um, that's our platform. So having like those office hours and like, you can message me in this time. And you know, um, I've had a couple of students take advantage of that, which has been so good. Um, it feels like there's someone on the other side of the screen. So um, yeah, just continuing with those. But these are super helpful. What I was saying about uh, the chat, if you did it at a certain time, like I will be on live at 1 p.m. And then you guys could actually like have a conversation. I do that every day. I do Instagram live at 930 every day. Um, we have a greenhouse. And so I feel for my horticulture students because they planted all these plants and now they don't get to see them um, big and bold and beautiful. So I go live from the greenhouse every day at 930 um, till like 10 o'clock. And then I like give them a virtual tour of the greenhouse, show them any like new flowers that are blooming, what I've been doing um that kind of thing and then i also give them that time if they have like questions on homework um they can like type them in the chat and i'll answer those things too um so it's like a good way to start the morning for me it's a great thing because it gets me up and going and i'm like at the greenhouse every day like at 9 or 9 15 um and so it kind of like starts my routine for the day uh, but it's been really good some days i have more kids than others um but i also like for horticulture we do plant of a day still um because okay. i want them to know those plants so i will like go to that actual live plant in the greenhouse show them the plant talk about like sun shade height thriller filler filler that kind of thing um and the kids seem to like that because you can look at a picture of it but when you actually get to see the plant in the greenhouse um i think for them that is more beneficial so it's been really great and my kids really like it i stole it from another teacher friend in illinois um but it's worked well so i highly recommend that and I just do it on our FFA Facebook or FFA Instagram page. Um, I do know some teachers are doing like their like ag teacher, their own ag teacher Instagram, um, but I just do it from FFA Instagram because you already have one. Some other people just wrote that they're connecting via Remind and sending out updates and little inspirational messages. There are a few different posts too that are saying like, even though like a lot of us, even with the live connection are still feeling like we are missing out on like the normal connection that we would have with our kiddos um, and some of our kids that we thought we would maybe show up on a zoom call or a google meet or something are not which is also kind of heartbreaking um just doing or doing recorded lessons um let's see one thing that we are doing is a mental health self-care week or lesson the students can share as much as they want about how they're doing what they're doing um, I know that Sarah has done a Google form, um, just checking in at the end of the week and kind of getting some general info, like what TV show are you watching, but then also a one to five, how are you doing? Um, and I did that too, and that's really helpful. I had a couple of kiddos that were 
like twos and ones. And so it was nice to be able to then directly send them um, emails and say, hey, I noticed that you said that you were a two, just checking in, how can I support you? Are you feeling behind, whatever else? Um, let's see, create your own video of teaching or doing a lab. Since, um, and then since you're grading, you could um, even give, give shout outs for interesting um, answers or stellar ideas. Um, demos and posting notes for students and asking them to discuss, evaluate, reflect on what I did. Um, oh. Laura, are they allowed to like drop things off at school for you? Is that a thing at the moment? Um, so they can, but I can't physically go to school per like the university's policy as a student teacher. So so many like yeah. <laughs> But if they drop something off the school, you would still be able to get that in some way, shape, or form potentially. Yes. Cooperating teacher. Um, I mean, one thing that we're doing, we are very active in our community. And like you, like all of you have said, like th those relationships are important and they're really hard to build virtually. Um, and for all of us, we probably feel like we've just dropped off the face of the earth um, and everything's at a standstill. But uh, one thing that I'm focused on is making sure that people understand that just because the school's closed, like in the ag department doesn't have kids in it, like it's still running. Like there's things happening behind the scenes that you don't see that's still happening. Uh, we're actually hosting a egg drop challenge for a whole community. So to build those relationships with students and build those relationships with our community was kind of our goal. And so they have until Thursday of this week to drop off the container, like we posted the rules. Um, and uh, the local newspaper published them and we sent like a week ago, they had packet pickups. So we sent the rules out in every packet pre-K through 12. And we are having kids like tag people online, like challenging them, like I challenge you so-and-so to do the egg drop challenge. But basically they're gonna deliver them. And then on video, I have to, I get to come to school. I'm at school right now. So I'm thankful for that. Um, we're actually going to on video like test them so the kids get to see like their creation tested We we broke it down into like age group ranges so they get to compete against adults and get to compete against their friends and Kids that aren't even an egg like right now I have two submissions one from our janitor and one from the elementary principal and they like for sure feel like they're gonna win so just that like fun competitive so maybe there's something like that you could uh, incorporate or you know just that that procedure of like getting everybody together so the kids feel like they've given you something and now you're doing something with it so Nikki that is such a fun idea I really love that that's so cool um, a lot of people have said just a good old-fashioned phone call too and it might be kind of awkward at first um, but sometimes I think the kids really appreciate that like you just reaching out and connecting with them. Um, the Amy said that they're doing a recording of front yard egg videos about what's happening happening in um, her yard related to egg, and then their PR post person is posting it on the Facebook page. And I know Joe Ramstad is doing like a Joe. What do you? You're like how to hang a picture and how to tie a tie and all of that stuff. Um, what are you calling yeah. it? Like weekly. 
I'm doing uh, Real Life with Ramstead. So every yeah. Monday I'll post like a video and it's been like the last few weeks we've been doing interviewing. So we did like what to do before an interview, how to do in the interview and what to do after the interview. So we did that for three weeks and then we're going to do like how to pick out a steak at the grocery store and I'm going to take my phone into the grocery store and like, this is how you pick out a good steak and this is marbling and things like that. So it kind of relates to egg, but also like life skills in general. And then every week they have to do either a flip grade or send me an email or answer a question on Google Classroom. And it's been kind of fun. The kids have been enjoying it. I don't grade it. It's just so they can get their attendance for the week for my class. But um, I do give like extra credit or incentives for kids who do a really good job. So. And I think just thinking about a lot of the suggestions that you guys have posted, it's so much about like not the content that we're teaching and just relationship building. Um, and so I think like Joe's little things are so fun because it, it does relate to the content, but really it's that relationship building. How can we um, help just make our, our kids better human beings, right? Um, and so I think and like the just showing the kids in you in your yard or having the egg drop contest I think is kind of outside of our content in a way and or the content that we would normally teach on a normal day um, and just trying to do something that's engaging and fun and connecting our communities together. I know someone else had posted a pumpkin growing contest which sounds kind of fun and brings us into the fall too I love that. Can I just address something really quick? Go ahead. Um, Anna just mentioned something that I'm dealing with my teachers um, saying that a lot of kids have checked out because they're like, well, my grade can't be go below a 99. I'm out. Here's what I'm going to tell you. My advice to you and my advice to myself is if one kid shows up, I'm going to give my 100% to that one kid because that's my job. You know, it's like, how I treat the one is really how I treat the hundreds, right? So don't, don't worry about the kids who have checked out. That's the way that's just, that's just this year. You know, it's just the way it goes. We're literally in a crisis right now, a world crisis. So give yourself grace, give the kids some grace, even if they're your officers, if they're kids who you thought would show up, just show up for the one, just show up for the one. That's it. That's all you need to do. People are loving what you're saying, Sarah. Preach. <laughs> that was well, also in my book so this morning. So read Seven <laughs> Habits if you have it, because it is mind-blowing every page. I think we're all going to have to add to our Amazon cart and then hit purchase after this. <laughs> I think Ginger said it's free on Audible right now or free on Amazon. Like the uh, Ginger said it in the last group or I don't know. She's on the call. It's free somewhere. Ginger, hook us up with the details. <laughs> Prime reads. All right. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much, Laura. I hope that helps you out. And I, I honestly got a lot from that too. I think it was really going to help just kind of get us to the end of the school year and hopefully to the fall. So, okay. Our last um, person is McKenna. And I think she is on here. I think she might just be on my next page here. Um, but McKenna had posted last week in our um, 
right before we left our meeting last week, uh, that she was trying to figure out or um, concerned about like the being a parent at home with your kids and doing virtual teaching and how you balance that. So McKenna, I'll let you go ahead and explain a little bit better. Sure. Um, I think the thing I'm struggling with most is this whole year I've been focusing on like leave work at work and be home when you're home and then suddenly this is all flip-flopped and now work is at home and I have a two-year-old son and I'm just trying to think of better ways to man like work-life balance um, when it's in the same building and making sure my son is engaged but also being able to have time to do my work so what are your guys' ideas anyone with kids how do you how are you guys managing work-life balance Last week, I was on the phone call with uh, Laura. I can't think of her last name. Starts with an Quist. Yes, thank you. And one of the comments that she made during that meeting was to have a workspace that is specific to being a workspace so that you can not just close the computer, but physically walk away from it. And that she, the research she's done and what she's seen in herself is that it has been a better mind shift for her. It looks like some people are saying, um, I'm getting up earlier than the kids are and trying to squeeze in a few hours before breakfast. Um, taking actual lunch, lunch breaks, like stopping and taking a break. Um, some people are totally with you and are stressed out. And I will say that I am one of the people that's like, these kids are running the show here. <laughs> um, so I totally feel you, McKenna. Um, set a time schedule for yourself. I've set work hours and then put um, everything away at the end of those hours and don't look at them until the next day. Some people have said like stick, stick to your contract hours. Um, I know that for me, I'm home with two kids and my husband is working. Um, that's really hard for me to do contract hours because that would mean I would be like ignoring my own children all day. So I've been doing a few hours early in the morning. Um, I can squeeze in a couple hours like during nap time. Um, and then I'm trying to get in my other like contract hours after they go to bed at night. So I think it's important to also kind of I mean, give yourself grace in this time because we're all just trying to make it. Uh, but just kind of thinking about doing, at least this is why I'm thinking about like doing authentic work and like making sure that I'm sticking to um, somewhat of my contract hours and still doing the best that I can. Actual lunch break is a game changer. Everyone's saying this is just really hard. <laughs> Um, Sarah, do you want to talk about your time block and your scheduling that you talked about on your Instagram story last night? Sure. I'll also share a link to the podcast that I got the idea from. Um, so I got a podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, so what I do at the beginning of the week on Sunday is brain dump all the things I need to do for my certain tasks. So I have some home stuff I need to do. I have some work stuff that needs to get done. Like we have officer interviews tomorrow. So everything needs to be tied up perfectly. 
Um, and I have, you know, germinate stuff and these calls, making sure I'm prepped for them. So I write down everything that needs to be done. And then I draw out because I'm super fancy. I'll show you what it looks like. A little grid of everything that needs to be done. So you can see Monday's pretty filled out, but the rest of the week is only essential things like the days I teach class, my SSA interviews tomorrow, some other calls. And then all this stuff that's not like it has to happen fills in all those extra blocks. Does that make sense? I also posted on my Instagram a post about it, but it's on my stories. Um, but like those inevitable things, like you have a faculty meeting, you have this call, if you make it inevitable, um, all those kind of things I put in and then all those other to-do things I throw in there, but I put on there lunch or work with Paige, you know, or, you know, like all those things that I'm like, I need to go on a walk. I literally like write walk on there and I write workout on there. Um, so it's if it's scheduled you know you're making a promise to yourself and being able to make that promise to yourself hopefully instead of just saying well I'll take a walk today or well I'll, I'll push the kids in the stroller today and then actually putting a time on it even putting if you're more tech I get reminders on my phone of things that are happening and I'll say walk or work out and I'm like oh I gotta I, I need to stick to my schedule um so yeah having that has helped me for sure. I'd love to talk to you guys about it. If you have any questions later, hit me up after. Yeah, I've, I have actually written out a schedule. Um, I have it in my head. So maybe writing it and putting it somewhere where I can see it will help. Um, and then the days where he decides not to take a nap or um, throw me for the loop, I'll just have to deal with those days as they come. A two-year-old boy, there's a lot of us in here with with two-year-old boys. I know Hannah has one. I have one. McKenna has one. There's a few other of us in here. Like, that is just a different, two-year-olds are a different, a game changer for sure. But you are doing your absolute best. But seriously, don't do work after your contract hour hours. I'm, I'm serious. Don't do it. Just close it. You can do all, all the other fun stuff you want to do. Just don't do work. Um, Caitlin put on here that her son's uh, behavioral, behavioral specialist uh, told them to give her kids like age-appropriate independent work that they can do while you're doing a Zoom meeting. I know two-year-olds, that's hard and you might get like 10 minutes out of it. Um, we have been trying to do books. I like it's, I wish I would have taken a picture of this, but I have a table set up in our office and I put a blanket over the table and put books under there. So it was like a fort for Josie to sit under there while I had a meeting. So yeah, it's getting creative over here and crazy. Um, I thought AJ put something that was really like impactful. Um, she had, there's something on Facebook um, that was like, it was from teachers to parents saying that um, we will be able to get all the kids caught back up in the fall because that's our superpower um, and that parents just really need to focus on the kids, their own kids that they have at home and really making sure that they are okay mentally and emotionally and supporting them. And that's our most important job right now is our own kiddos at home. Um, and I even think us with little kiddos, I think they kind of sense that there's something going on. And so I think um, just giving them the time and attention that they're wanting and needing as best you can, I think it's important. Um, it's hard. I stop trying to expect myself to do work and be a mom full time. Um, and I've said that like we cannot be a full time mom, a full time teacher, 
and like all these other little things mixed in too. It's just, it, you, it's not possible. So there's a lot of really good ones. Oh, um, if you have Facebook, there is a really great group. Um, it's called Bombs. Uh, N-A-A-E, and it is Becky Haddad. She is um, from Oregon, and she has put the group together, and it's really kind of about setting boundaries and just kind of a place for, like, agriculture teachers who are moms and, like, that crazy back-and-forth struggle of, like, trying to make it all work. Um, and she has some really good stuff, and she posts almost daily just kind of supportive things on there. So that's a really great one. Thank you, Annette, for putting that up there. Sensory box, let your two-year-old play um, in a kitchen cupboard, put the toys under a blanket, have them try to find them. Um, magnet blocks, bristle blocks, big Legos, coloring. Um, I've, like a couple days ago, ago, posted on my stories, I took old coffee grounds, like used coffee grounds, and put them in a big like tote. And then my kids were driving their tractors through it and it was planting planting time and all that good stuff so that one gets a little bit messy but um somebody I I saw on Instagram or something this week is the way kids brains work um they don't retain I mean think about what do you remember from when you were five or six years old or two years old we don't remember much but they retain the last thing that happened to them or the first thing that happened to them so somebody said if you start really strong your day really strong with them and you end your day really strong with them like bath time and books and cuddling and you know in the morning if you got that time early in the morning or you just know like start strong and end strong if the middle is a mess like that's just life you know um so do your best during the middle but start strong and end strong and if that's just like cuddling up and watching a movie like cuddle up and watch a movie like do what the kid wants do do what he wants and um, if he wants to read books or whatever, and then just, just be there during that time. And, yep. Callan loves to cuddle. So we cuddle a lot. <laughs> and I, I also think the, go ahead. Kendra. I was just going to echo the comments on, um, from a work-life balance standpoint, your space. <clears throat> so I do not have uh, little kiddos at home, but this space has been huge. And I've been super fortunate uh, compared to the peers within my building because I worked remotely for 10 years. So I'm used to, I have an office space already established at home, uh, but there is so much power in being able to like walk through a threshold, right? So like to step through a doorway and say, this is mine, and then to step out of that doorway. Uh, and so even if it's not an actual door, but creating a, a space for yourself, um, I follow somebody on Instagram, another teacher uh, outside the binary, and they had a student um, say something rude um, on Google Classroom the other day, and they were like sitting at their kitchen table when it happened, and they said like the, the pain from that, but then it was, it was more than just sorting through that that hurt, but now it was like in your home, right? And so how can we be in our homes and be doing this, uh, but still maintain like the integrity of like, I'm a teacher in this moment, I'm mom in this moment. Uh, the reality is that we're all of those things. Uh, so for me, creating a space where I can say, I'm gonna come in and focus in here. And then when I step out of here, I can focus on Aaron or I can, 
focus on making dinner or whatever that might be, that I would just really, really encourage you to map out a spot. And even if your littles are with you in that spot, that's okay, right? But that you know when you're in there, you're, you're doing work things and then walking away from that. I also, I mean, part of like kind of going back to what Laura was talking about is connection. I've had my kids in some of my videos for my students and they've been in the background and like, that's just kind of the reality of it too. So I wouldn't be super hard on yourself of like having your kid have to be in a different room or have to not be on screen. I mean, I've sat through a couple of Zoom meetings where my daughter's been sitting on my lap too. So. I think everybody is just in that point of like grace times a thousand. So, and there's some there's some good suggestions too um, in the chat. There is a Instagram called Busy Toddler, and they have like fabulous ideas for just things for your kids to do. And then someone said Wild Wild Crat. I have not had my kids watch that one yet. We're on Doc McStuffins currently. <laughs> but I think those are all super helpful. Um, hopefully that helps you out, McKenna, a little bit. And I think just knowing that I'm in the same exact boat you are, and I think a lot of other people on this call are in the same exact boat as well. Any last suggestions? Okay, so we are gonna move on to our challenge then for this week. Um, you guys are a bunch of bakers out there. All of you have been like tagging us on all these fancy like ciabatta breads and sun buttered cookies that you've been making and all the things. Um, your challenge for this week is to show us your what you're doing for self-care. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean to be like you with your face mask on or whatever else, but it could be. Um, it could be like, I feel like my self-care, what I've been doing is being out in my garden. And that just brings me like so much joy and just really kind of helps me like reset. And it's starting to get warm in Minnesota. So hallelujah. <laughs> so just um, use the hashtag uh, green and growing challenge. And then you can um, tag Sarah or I. Um, or McKenna, she's on our green and growing team too. Um, and we will repost, but we just love seeing those. And it really, I, I got so many good ideas, but those sun butter cookies, you guys, I'm telling you, I'm going to try those. So I am going to hand it back on over to Sarah. All right. If you guys give me one second, I'm going to post three links in here. Um, for you guys because we have some exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, first thing is going to be the stop start continue for this. Um, we look at them every week and try and make changes to make this better for you. Um, the other two are, I know a lot of you are Germinate speakers or Germinate ambassadors or Germinate attendees. And we are going to open up registration next week. You guys are the first people to know. <laughs> it's going to open on April 30th. And I have put together, um, our, the website is up to date. So agteacherhowtoes.com slash germinate. Um, you can start getting your invoices now if you want to have your school pay for that. Um, and then if you want to be on the email list, the first people to know um, that germinate is is open the the online um, registration is um, the first link on there there's a waiting list for germinate 
and then you can find out more and then obviously there's the stop start continue so if you guys um, I just posted that and then um, it's right before Julia's comment. Um, you guys can grab those links right now. I'll also put them on the Google Drive. I'm gonna add a few links um, from what people have said in the chat, including my reflection activity that I do for final exams. And there was something else. Oh, um, a copy that you guys can do for a Friday Feels document. I'll show my Google form that I do for my kids once a week um, that you guys can look at uh, for those books as well. Yes, I will put a link for the book that I'm reading right now um, and see if I can find the free one. I'll work on that later this afternoon when I'm out of work. This is my PLC. And then if any of you have any things that you want to cover next week, you can go ahead and put them in the chat and we will get you on board for next week. So if there's anything that you're like, hey, I wish we would have covered that this week, let me know in the chat so that we can get you on board for next week. Right. Make sure, um, I'm gonna steal that link right now from Ginger. Um, grab those links um, before you go. Um, copy and paste them on a document or something and I will send, well actually, I'm, I'll send you the link right now um, with all the things that I'm adding to. So that is the Google Doc that I'm adding all these links to if you guys want to. Look at that. All right. Well, thank you guys for another great week. You guys are mind blowing every time. I'm so inspired. I feel like I know you guys so much better now. Um, and just you guys, seriously, one of my favorite times of the week that I get to talk to you. It, it's, a, it's a close second to my students, you know. Um, so thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for showing up for each other. Thank you for showing up for yourself because Behind me is my PDP for the week. I don't know if you guys can see it, um, but I heard someone say that leadership is the compound effect of doing unamazing things over time. And what you're doing, people would probably think is unamazing. You're sitting in a room by yourself, listening to people talk and gathering information from them. What you're doing is unamazing and what you're doing is you're being a leader. So I commend you and I think you guys are awesome. You just finished listening to Egg with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama of two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, or if you, yeah you, <laughs> Want to be a guest? You can send me an email at eggwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye, everybody. Hello, friends. It's been a while. I This is Minivan Chronicles. I'm in my minivan. Um, COVID kind of put a damper on that, but here I am. And I'm coming at you today to talk about why I love Germany. And some of you may be like, oh, Hannah, we've heard enough about Germany. Too bad. <laughs> Go to a different podcast. I don't know what to tell you. I love Germany. 
Um, okay. So I wanted to tell you the impact that Germany has had on me because I think it's important. Um, one, if you've never been to Germany to kind of understand like what is the potential or what could you get out of it? Um, and two, if you've been to Germany, um, I think it's just helpful to have like that reflection piece of like, what are other people getting out of it? What am I getting out of it? Um, and that kind of compare and contrast. So it has been almost a complete year since the first Germinate. Um, so this will be the third Germinate virtual conference. And I think I need to back up even more um, and think about when my, um, like when, like prior to getting connected with Germany. So obviously most of you know, if not all of you know, that the conference creator is Sarah Nurswick. Um, and Sarah Nurswick on Instagram is Egg Teacher How To's. So I found Egg Teacher How To's. I don't even know. I think it was just like I stumbled upon it. Um, uh, Instagram account and just totally ate it up because there was so much value in the content that she was providing. And I found myself going to her Instagram page and watching her stories to see what I could implement in my class next. Because the things that I were was implementing from her Instagram were things that were easy to implement and had huge impacts in my classroom. Um, the students enjoyed it. I um, noticed that there was more student engagement. And so I, I just, I was, I don't know if obsessed is the right word, but that was kind of my first like go-to place of like, oh, I need something new. I need to spice this up. I'm gonna go check out Sarah's page. Um, and then Sarah started doing the first Friday webinars and just providing content. Um, free, it was on Zoom, and like, I'll be super honest with you, there was anywhere from five to ten of us each time, um, which is so cool to me thinking about that because looking at the conference now, uh, we're two weeks out from when the conference is going to start, and almost 700 people have signed up. Like, what? 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 It is so cool, and it makes me so proud of Sarah um, and just so excited for her. But anyways, I digress. Um, and so I started going to her first Friday webinars, learning more and more information. Like, it, And it just was so good, and it was so valuable, and it was so relevant. Like, it was hitting home every single time. I'm going to put that in my classroom. That's exactly how I feel as a teacher, X, Y, Z. Um, and so when she had posted that she was going to do a virtual conference, I was like, this is awesome. And she needed speakers. And I know that you guys think I like to talk, which I do love to talk. But presenting a workshop outside of my comfort zone, not something that I was like, felt very confident in, um, just was nervous about doing, but I was like, you know what, Sarah Nursewick's doing it, I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone, I'm going to do this, so I presented a workshop 
at Summer Conference, Big Germany Summer Edition last year. And then again, I did the Winter Edition and just was learning so much, just being a part of that community. So I feel like there was a lot of value in those sessions and some of the sessions really, really impacted me. But outside of that, what I wasn't expecting was this like community of people, of egg teachers who were invested in continuous learning. And there was this book, um, okay, there's a podcast that I listened to, I don't remember, and I wish I could quote the person who it was. But the person had written a bunch of books and essentially were like self-help books. And he went back and rewrote one of the books that he had written like 20 years prior. And the person who was interviewing him was like, isn't that kind of embarrassing? Like you changed your thoughts about like the self-help book. And he was like, his answer was so profound because he was like, I would be more embarrassed if I did not rewrite this book and did not update it. Because if you think about 20 years, that's a lot of growth. That's a lot of like time that just like, even if you're not like 100% focused on learning, just being alive for 20 years, hopefully you will learn something, right? And so I just like hit me upside the head when he was like, I would be embarrassed if I did not grow, if I did not learn. And I so relate that to Germany because, you know, I'm going into my ninth year of teaching this year. I want to go grab there, goes the sunglasses. Ninth year of teaching. And part of me kind of feels like, hey, I kind of got this teaching gig figured out. And the other part of me is like, oh my gosh, there is so much to still learn. And I love that part of being able to still learn and bringing new content into the classroom and bringing new methods into the classroom and building up your FFA chapter. I, I just am such a strong believer that there's always room for growth. Um, and I think that's why I love germinate so much is because it like fulfills that need that I have. Um, and it fulfills it on so many levels. Like I said, you, you get the workshops and that's that content and just the, the takeaways that you get, you can implement it. There's actionable things that you can do and implement right away to make your, your egg program better. But man, I am kind of all about that. Like, that growth community afterwards of like, we're still growing, following other egg teachers, Instagram accounts and seeing what they're doing, seeing what, seeing what's happening in their classrooms. That is the part that has just, it's so crazy, but I think Instagram has made me a better teacher. Um, and so I just, I love Germinate and I love Germinate for those reasons. I love that it is not just content that you are getting, but it is this community of like-minded people who want to grow. And what better thing, like our job as agriculture teachers is so specific 
and it is so demanding on so many different levels and it's so unique. Those demands are so unique. And so other teachers that you talk to just oftentimes don't understand and that's okay. But I'm telling you, you need, you need your people, right? You need your crew around you that gets it, that knows what you're going through and says, Hey, have you tried this yet? I implemented this change and it was really, it had a really big impact in our, our chapter. Or have you talked to your admin about this? This is something that could potentially help your program. Those things are where the value's at. So if you have not signed up for Germinate yet, I have a couple of questions. I'm wondering why. And maybe it's because you're listening to this podcast and you're not an agriculture teacher, which thank you for listening. (laughs) Um, But Germany may not be the best for you. And that's okay. (laughs) I just think about the value of like other conferences, like in-person conferences that I've been to are hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars like I would say a significant um, investment. This is $75. Every single session has takeaways that you can use immediately, that you can click, print off during your lunch period and implement in the next class if you wish to do that. Um, And you get the connection. Every single speaker has provided their contact information. Um, and then within that speaker group, there's all those people that you can follow on the good old IG and just continuously learn from them. Or, you know, you could follow someone like, I mean, let's be honest. I was, I loved everything that Sarah did and just was so inspired by her. Now we talk every day. We're super good friends and we, um, I mean, have collaborated for most of this um, summer conference. Um, I am the speaker coach for it. We're doing a mini mastermind. We've done virtual coffee. So, like, I can't tell you what, like, friendships you might get out of this, but I can tell you that that's definitely a possibility in in the realm of Germany and all these like-minded people. So... Maybe you'll find your new best friend. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I will tell you that the value is above and beyond. It, it is 100% there. So if you have not signed up yet, you have questions, you're more than welcome to slide into my DMs on Instagram at Mrs. Wedger. Um, otherwise, on Instagram, I have the link where you can register. So you can just go to my bio and the link is right there. Go ahead and click on it and you will be able to register. We have just under two weeks left. So I would love to see you there and see you engaging in the content and also some of our extra fun activities that we have planned as well. Sign up for Germinate. I promise you will not regret it.